Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Walt Hampton. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Walt, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Tom. It's such a gift and a privilege to be with you. Thank you for asking me to join you. Well, I've been excited all week about uh, this podcast because as a 50-year veteran of my industry, I've worked with coaches for many of those years, and the investment was well worth it. And having you on, who I think you're the coach's coach, is really uh, an honor for me. And Walt, you know, um, I know you well enough to know your background, and I'm going to give that background in a moment to people because I don't know if they understand where you came from, which is kind of interesting. Um, but let's let's introduce you. You know, you're the founder and chief executor, executive officer of the Summit Success International, which is a global personal and professional development firm. Walt is also the president and chief operating officer of Book Yourself Solid Worldwide. We've heard of that book, right? And that Michael Sports book, right? Yes. Um, he's also the executive business coach management consultant and leadership trainer, and the founder of the Consultant Success Formula. And what Walt does very well, I might add, is he helps entrepreneurs and business professionals make the impact that they really want and the income that they deserve. And he's a best-selling author, Journey on the Edge, Living a Life That Matters, and a two-time winner of the North American Book Awards. Uh, he's also the author of The Power Principles of Time Mastery, Do Less, Make More, Have Fun. And Walt, I know today you want to spend some time on that, and I want to hear it. Um, <clears throat> what people don't know, Walt, is that you've practiced law for, for what, 30 years? Don't, don't, don't judge me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hold it against, I won't hold it against you. Um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about that because that's kind of an interesting transition from working with corporate executives and corporations. And that big thing to the one-on-one -on -one obviously gives you a lot of background. Um, what interests me with Walt and his wife, Anne, is their activity outside of their career. Um, Walt, whenever I get a video from Walt, I look at the mountains in the back and I hear what they, they have planned of high altitude mount, mountaineering and ultra distance running. And my, my daughter does the ultra distance, the 100 miles. Is that what you do, Walt? Yes, we do. Oh, my God. Wow. And I thought I was doing very good staying in shape, but God bless you, Walt. Wow. <laughs> and uh, you reside both in, in Ireland and Connecticut, Walt? 
Well, primarily in Ireland, uh, and then uh, when we're not in these strange times, uh, in many other places in the world. Yeah, you're all over the place, which is kind of nice. It keeps a busy life. Well, welcome, welcome to the program, Walt. Great to have you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Well, um, let's do this. I'd like to know how you actually got started in this profession. Well, that could be an entire podcast, but I'll give you the short story. Uh, and it does involve Anne. So when Anne and I first got together, now almost 15 years ago, she gave to us um, as our first Christmas gift tickets to Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within. And I was, as you suggested, I was a pretty staid conservative uh, trial lawyer at the time. And I said to her, that's lovely, dear, but I don't want to go and jump on chairs and drink Kool-Aid. And she said, oh, no, 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 it's going to be fun. And so I went kicking and screaming to Tony's three-day event, uh, Unleash the Power Within. And I stood on chairs and I drank the Kool-Aid and fell in love with Tony and his work. And we, despite the fact that it wasn't a particularly auspicious time to invest a lot of money in coaching or personal development, we enrolled in Tony's two-year mastery university program. And along the way, I was approached by one of Tony's trainers and was asked if I were interested in training as a coach. And I didn't know what coaching was. I thought coaching had something to do with my kids' soccer teams. But I began to explore it and realized that it was a wonderful way to take my background, my skills, my experiences, uh, and use all of that in a very collaborative way with other people. And so I applied for Tony's School of Coach Training. There were 2,200 applicants for 20 spots. Uh, and I became one of those uh, 20 trainees. And then uh, upon finishing his program, became one of 70 of Tony's results coaches of that year uh, and had the opportunity and the gift of working with Tony. And that was the beginning of the journey. And of course, because I am entrepreneurial, uh, I, uh, after spending some time with Tony, went out and we began Summit Success. So that's, that's the beginning of the arc of the journey. You know, that's a almost sounds like a long road and a lot of sacrifice because I can picture yourself trying to work as an attorney uh, and getting through this. Uh, but that's you really you committed yourself. You jumped in, didn't you? I did. And we may get ahead of ourselves with this next comment. Uh, but one of the things, Tom, that I rail against uh, in our current environment, and Ann and I stand against this at Summit Success, is all of the noise in the world, uh, especially on the internet, that says if you do this one thing or buy these three secrets or get this one bot, you're going to be an overnight success and you're going to have a six or seven and now everybody wants to tout eight-figure businesses because that sounds even more impressive. I've built five successful businesses from scratch. And every single one of them has taken time and a dirty four-letter word called work and a lot of sacrifice. Um, and there is no silver bullet for that. And, and you, you know, you're right. And uh, one of the things that you talk about, and I think it's, it's in the short guide, which I don't want to get ahead, is, you know, at some point you can plan all you want and think it's going to be sick, but you got to do action. And that's where 
the you know you come home with uh, sore ankles and stuff for a long period of time but uh, you got to put something into action and obviously you did that was quite a sacrifice at that point in your life um, but that's great I mean it really is we're the beneficiaries of that and so here's the question uh, you coach a lot of people Walt when you coach them you've obviously come up with some ideas of what makes someone successful while others just struggle? Oh, this is a good question, Tom. Thank you. Um, so first and foremost, we have to know what we really want to do and why we want to do it. So I will have people come to me um, entrepreneurs, business professionals, they'll say, Walt, you know, I want to do such and such, but I don't really know how to. And my usual response to somebody who says that to me is to say back to them, well, that's a, a, a BS question. Because if you look over your shoulder into your own background, the likelihood is, and this is certainly true of 99% of my clients, the likelihood of is that anything you have ever really wanted to do, like really wanted to do, you've done it. You've never really asked the how-to question. And as we move into our lives often, the how-to question becomes a smokescreen for, I don't really know what I want, and I don't know really why I want it. And that why piece, Tom, that why piece is the linchpin of it all, our why, why it matters, why we want to do something, why we want to create a business, why we want to serve other people. That's our rocket fuel. That's what gets us up in the morning. That's what helps us drive through objections. That's what helps us overcome resistance and obstacles. So first and foremost, we have to connect with that destination that we want to get to and why it matters to us to get there. Yeah, uh, that is the motivate. That, that's the motivating factor there, and gets you through a lot of broken glass on the road when you're barefooted. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you know that, that this little guide that you wrote is really amazing, and as many times as I've gotten this message, Walt, I I have to read it again because it's it it just kind of seeks into your nerve endings that you know this is what the bottom line of success, and I'm gonna tell our listeners definitely get this short inspired life guide that you did. Um, so what, what would you say as a business owner, the key issues in your business that you really have to stay up on? Well, I believe that successful leaders uh, and successful business owners have to commit to lifelong learning. It's almost axiomatic and cliche to say that leaders are readers. Uh, we must become students of the work, students of the professions in which we are, and stay on the path to mastery. It's not done. It's never done. Sometimes I'll get the question from someone about when they're, when they're business building, when will this part be done? And I say, please, God, may it never be done. May it always be a lifelong journey. I never, ever want to be the smartest person in the room. 
Uh, I think that we always, as John Maxwell, a great leadership guru says, that we are always lifting as we are climbing. We are climbing and we have, then we have the obligation to turn around and help those who are following us on the path. And so I think it is critically important for us to be students of the work that we're in. And I would also say, and you and I, before we went live, we're having this conversation. I think it's also critically important that if you're going to create something successful in the world, you ought to have a coach. Um, good coaches have coaches. I have a coach in my life. I always want to be challenged. I always want to be held accountable. Uh, I always want the perspective of someone who has gone on the path before me. And so I think those are critical components to building a successful business. You know, um, your video last week, which... Uh... I think I sent out on LinkedIn, but I'm going to share it because the message about being a coach to you and I, it resonates, but I'm watching it before my eyes, my nephew, who is your student, who owns a successful business at a young age. He does all the right things. He does all the value drivers. I have watched him morph into this wonderful coach to the point where after 50 years of coaching and reading in my own world, I go to him and I'm asking him for help. Mm. Yeah. And I'm finding even at my 71 year old age that, wow, what a nice looking through different eyes, Walt. Isn't that the truth? Yes. That, yes. And here's my nephew telling me, Uncle Tom, do it this way. And anyways, the point I'm making is that, that if you have stock in life and you know why you're doing what you're doing, you also need someone else's opinion to help you go along the line. So I, I agree with you, Walt. It's a, it's a critical thing if you're really serious, you know? Yes. Um, let's see. I also, Walt, I, I, one thing I, I wanted to know is you spend a lot of time uh, doing uh, free time. Can you explain um, how you do that? Well, um Yes. Let me go at this a couple different ways because it's such an important concept. You mentioned in my intro that I was a lawyer. I came out of Cornell Law School in 1984 and I went with the proverbial big firm. And uh, the expectation is to work a lot of hours. And in many of our corporate environments, the expectation is to work a lot of hours. And culturally, we're told that in order to be successful, we need to lurk, work longer, harder, faster. Uh, and to do otherwise is somehow less, somehow lazy, somehow you're not being a team player, somehow you're not buying in to that paradigm. And the truth is that we often treat ourselves in a way that we would never treat a car. That is, we We'll run ourselves 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day without ever having any rest. We know in athletics, we know in entertainment, we know actually in business with the, with the business greats like Gates and Buffett and Branson that peak performers actually don't drive themselves like machines 24-7, 365 that they work a you know four or five hours a day and then they pull back and they rest. 
you mentioned ultra distance running and high altitude mountaineering. Those are two of our passions that we do a lot. You shared that uh, shared with us that your daughter does this. Like us, she will know that the concept of rest days and rest periods are critical for um, healing the body, for recreating muscle and tissue, for getting stronger. And for some reason, we don't apply these basic principles in our work life. So working smarter rather than harder, taking time away in order to rest, in order to recreate, in order to read, in order to be the student of your business and to be the student of your life, that rest time, that time away is really, really important. And so that gets structured in our days and in our weeks and in our year, Tom. Um, years ago, um, I learned in late, late 70s, uh, Wayne Cotton influenced me, a great producer in the insurance business, about free days, buffer days. And I started working um, 80 days a year where that was my production. The rest of the days were free or buffer. And I have it in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA. And one of the things I talk about was by taking so much time off and working hard when I was supposed to work, what happened was, well, the ideas that I had thought about maybe five years ago, all of a sudden started to pop out of my head, like with creativity. Like, you know, I forgot all about them. And so this time down, giving your mind a rest and getting off all this minutia is so, I mean, it's the best tool you can use. And I'm a big advocate to the people I mentor to take more time off and structure that way. And, and you know, that it, it really does work. And if you don't believe it, try it for 30 days, right, Well. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and we all know, your listeners know that your best ideas happen in the shower or they happen on a long walk. It is where we open up our creativity. Uh, and, and so it, it is critically important for success. There's um, a, a law called Parkinson's law that work expands to create a vacuum. As a young lawyer, if somebody said to me, you know, you have a brief due in the Second Circuit in New York tomorrow morning, we've got to get the courier out the door by midnight. Well, guess what? The brief would be done. But if the brief wasn't done uh, due for six weeks, guess what? It would take six weeks to do. And so the idea of constraining our time, I love what you shared about uh, free time, buffer time, focus time. Those That was initially uh, the structure uh, shared by Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. And it's right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful structure, some type of structure where we're actually putting boundaries around that creative time, that rest time, that recreation time will be will will have a huge return on the investment. The uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I, I you know, it's just amazing uh, if you live that kind of life where you take a lot of time off, enjoy your family, do it. And, and you're always happy. Uh, the why in life becomes even bigger and greater because you're enjoying life. I call it creating the perfect business and life structure, lifestyle. Yes. So, uh, well, that segues right into some of the things that we wanted to talk about today. And you wanted to talk about the power principles of time mastery. And would you like to discuss that now with us? Well, 
you just shared the title of my second book, The Power Principles of Time Mastery. And it's time mastery because everybody wants to, quote, manage time. But here's the bad news, Tom. Time can't be managed. Time just is. Time will march on no matter how hard you wrestle it or try to manage it to the ground. The only thing that we can do is to learn, and we've talked a little bit about this already, to learn to become masters of ourselves, to be the co-creators of our own lives, to be masterful around the co-creation of our life. And in doing that, we begin to master time. And I had to learn this stuff the hard way. Uh, as I shared with you, I was the managing partner of a law firm for uh, more than two decades. And um, during that period of time, through a very uh, um, difficult and challenging set of circumstances, I ended up being a single dad for a dozen years, raising three young boys on my own while managing this law firm. And so I needed, I had to learn time mastery in order to show up um, resourcefully for my children, in order to show up resourcefully for my clients, and in order to um, keep the wheels on my own cart. And so the idea of um, personal mastery as part of, as a core component of time mastery is fundamental to the principles that I teach. One of the very first power principles of time mastery that I teach, in fact, it's um, in chapter one, is do less. It is axiomatic for many, many people know the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule that states that, you know, 20% of our activities are really responsible for 80% of our outcomes. And if that's true, why are we doing that uh, 80%? Why don't we just focus on the 20% that really matters? Um, the other thing that, that gets in the way for so many people, an exercise that I that I share with people very early on in the power principles of time mastery is to take a blank piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on the left-hand side, write the top five things that you value most in life. And oftentimes, that'll be family and health and fitness and lifelong learning and yada, yada, yada. And then on the right-hand side, I ask them to write the top five things or activities they spend their time on which are often work, work, office, work, work. And they never, they never match up, do they? Well, and there's, there's the rub, Tom. There's nothing wrong with either list. But the challenge, because we have to say challenge and not problem in coaching, the problem is that the incongruity between the left-hand side and the right-hand, all of our stress all of our overwhelm comes from the fact that we are not living and spending our time, spending, because it goes, we're not spending our time on what matters most, on what we say we value. So those are some of the higher level principles around the power principles of time mastery. Lots and lots more. Well, you know, I again, this has been a big area of my life because I've seen the benefits of raising children and being very close to my family and enjoying all of the school meetings, the coaching and everything, and being a coach. And if it wasn't for the fact that 
I mastered my time and decided that I would do two or three things good and leave the rest to delegation, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have had the same kind of life. And, you know, I hear people say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. And guess what? That's where a good coach comes in because you know what they have to me, they have to hear it from someone with a set of eyes looking at their life because they yes. won't buy into it, you know? And, and busy has become a, a badge of honor uh, as if, you know, I'm, I'm really, really busy. And so I'm really, really important. And when somebody tells me, yeah, I'm really busy, I'm slammed. I'll usually look at them or, or share with them. I'll, I'll say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that as if somebody close to them has, has just has just died. Because busy is bad. Busy means we've lost control, that we are not mastering our time, that we are not spending it on what's most important, that we have gotten caught up in the urgent in other people's emergencies, and that we're not taking care of those very few precious things um, that you shared. And, and you know, uh, well, I'm sure you run across it. What do you do with an executive or a business owner that you're working with that's a control nut, has to touch everything, and that's near him, so he's always busy? What do you say to someone like that? How do you coach them? Well, part of it, part of it is structural, Tom. So we have a, a, a proprietary, proprietary a planning process um, that we take people through. Um, and so, you know, control around the structure of things is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we say with discipline comes freedom. If you were to look at my calendar, even though, um, you know, running and core work and yoga are all part of my day, they're on my calendar. They're on my calendar like an appointment because you honor appointments on your calendar and we need to honor those things, those activities that care and nurture for ourselves. So part of the remedy is structural. And a lot of the remedy is also, and you know this, you know, 80, 90% of our problems are around mindset, yeah. uh, is mindset. And so we think that we ought to be doing everything. And we're, the truth is we're not good at everything. And when we try to do everything and take on everything and say yes to everything, there is a very pernicious cost. It is the most pernicious, dangerous cost in any business. And that is opportunity cost. When we're doing one thing, we're not able to do another thing. So if I'm spending my time sorting out why the toner cartridge has gone again or sorting through why the copier um, lease um, uh, has a problem in it and I'm not taking care of clients, I am doing that at sacrificing my highest and best use, which is serving and taking care of the people I'm called to serve and take care of. And so that opportunity cost is a pernicious cost. One of the questions that I ask my clients to ask in every moment of the day is who else should be doing this? Correct. And, and that, you know, what do you do when you, I mean, listen, the people you work with are very bright and they are very successful, but you know, they're the ones that have the hands on the ink cartridge and you got to say, 
you know, you make you make this kind of money, but you have the ten dollar clerk over here. How come they're not doing it? That and I'm, that's metaphorical, obviously. But they they're touching everything, and they can't delegate. What do you do with someone who really just will not delegate? Is there a remedy to that? Or so, like anything, and I'm sure your daughter will talk about this too. You know, in in any kind of training, in any kind of creation of new practices or disciplines or habits. You have to you have to inch into something. You have to give people some small wins. Uh, you know, when you're starting to train for a marathon, when you've never run a marathon before, you you walk around the block. You you get you get you start slow. You create small wins, and so rather than trying to create this um, universal change, to begin to identify where the highest friction points are. And we all have them. You know, for me, a friction point early on in my business was email. Um, and email can be a horrible time sink for people. So, you know, beginning to create systems and processes around email, disciplines and practices. Okay, that would that worked for a while. And then it still became too much. We get hundreds of emails into our business every day. And so that becomes, well, okay, how can we set it up structurally so that somebody else is providing a first review of those? And it, with each step of the way, I could see, oh, wow, I have a little bit more time. It's like running around the block. Oh, I didn't get hurt. Let me, let me walk around the block a second time. So we, we want to give people um, a, a, a dopamine hit, if you will, of a win of how it feels to let go of something um, just a little bit. And then they're inclined to take the next step. So we have to go about it in a way that um, doesn't hurt, in a way that reinforces the benefits of it, in a way that gives small wins such that it encourages and inspires to take the next step and put the next step in place. Yeah, the small, I, I see that because that, that also relates to how a business grows. If you don't systemize your, your business to do A, B, C, and D, and you don't delegate, you'll never grow your business. You have a job, but you don't have a business. Uh, Walt, uh, how do you uh, do you see a difference in the different generations like, you know, here I am 71 and, and we're very active still. But now, how do you deal with a 71 year old who's been a baby boomer and taught you always work, you know, the same old mindset? I saw my father, my mother work. And now you have the millennials who say or, or Generation X that say, you know, I don't want that. I want to get home at 430 and go to the park with my kid because there's two different mindsets. Do you see that or, or am I just something I read that I I don't see? Is that happening? I do, a, I do a lot of training with uh, law firms, a lot of training with senior partners and management teams at big law firms uh, and in other organizations. And it is a huge problem. Um, and along the, I love that you raised this because I mentioned before, we need to become lifelong students of the work we do. Many baby boomers don't want to understand what the wants, the needs, the values of other generations are. And they do that at their peril. 
Uh, they do that at their peril and they suffer a lack of retention. They suffer turnover. They suffer um, poor engagement because they're not willing to learn and to lean in to what other generations need. So when I was coming up, I'll give you just a little antidote. Um, when I was coming up as a lawyer, I was in a beautiful firm in downtown Hartford, Connecticut, on the 18th floor of a beautiful building. If I saw a senior partner darken my door, I was sure I was going to get the boot out the window, that something bad had happened, the wheels had come off the cart. Um, that, that, was, that was what our expectation was. Many of our younger generations, many of our younger colleagues actually want and need ongoing feedback. If you don't darken their door, they think something's wrong. They think they're going to get booted. They begin to worry and to disengage. And so there are differences between and among generations. There are differences in values and expectations. And if we really want to grow businesses, we better become students of that and to, to lean in to what other people on our team need and want. Yeah, it is, it is amazing if you think deep enough in it, you see, you could understand how it's like having siblings, they're the same family, but they think differently. Well, you got different generations and boy, you got to be very flexible in, in, uh, in your message there because they won't accept the message. So it takes a talent to communicate to the different generations. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you, millennials and Gen Xs, you know, th there's been a lot of literature. Oh, they're late. They are not lazy. They are. They. I. I coach um, a number uh, of uh, uh, very talented entrepreneurs and and business professionals across the generations, and they are incredibly hardworking, and they are incredibly focused, and incredibly driven, and incredibly passionate, and. Those of us who are, uh, are are baby boomers, if we want to harness that energy, that vision, that passion, we better get with the program and understand what they they want and need. Yeah, and you know, Walt, I, I, I'm complimenting you on your messages. I I keep coming back, as I said earlier. I save every one of them because I look at them periodically. But a message that you sent to us a couple of weeks ago, really hit me. And it said, and it's the way I think too. It said, uh, what did it say? Um, uh, it really sucks. <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest statement about COVID because I looked at it like you did, all the wonderful things that could happen. So will you talk about that? Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So the uh, the blog post, um, I as you know, I have a Thursday blog. It's a blog video, uh, and of course, those of you, your listeners who are into email marketing or digital marketing, know that the uh, um, that the hook matters, the title, the subject <laughs> line matters. Uh, and so, I like to always be a little bit creative or provocative or edgy or perhaps even a little bit naughty uh, with my with my subject lines. And the title to that was "It Really Sucks." Uh, or it really sucked. And it is, you know, it, everybody um, around the turn of the year was saying, good riddance 2020, um, you know, shake the dust from your feet. It all was really horrible. It all sucked. And the, and the question that I raised in the video was, was that true? Is that true? 
And for many entrepreneurs, I'll tell you the people, many of our coaching clients saw high double digit growth year over year during 2020. I mean, extraordinary, exponential business growth because they had the courage and the audacity to lean into the uncertainty and to harness the opportunities. You know, for, for Anne and for me, um, yeah, you know, on the one hand, we like to travel and adventure a lot. And we leaned into it. And, you know, our self-medication, like your daughter's self-medication, is go out and, you know, run 20, 30 miles. So we used the opportunity to double down on fitness and wellness. We used the opportunity for creative time. So there were many really good aspects of 2020. And one of the most important teaching points around this, Tom, is where we focus. When we focus on what sucks, when we focus on what's bad, we will absolutely see more of that. But when we focus on the good, when we focus on what's right, when we focus on what's going well, when we're focused on what we're grateful for, more of that shows up. So what we focus on, we see, and I always want to encourage, uh, I want to encourage your listeners, but you know, all of the people that I have the privilege and the opportunity to work with, we keep our, we're focused on what's working well. You, you know, um, the, it was such a good message that, uh, and again, I, I was parallel with that because I, you got me on the hook and I said, oh, what's he going to tell me now? Because that, I just suck into that. And I said, well, you know, he's absolutely right because I've had all these conversations with clients and people and, and oh, I can't wait till 20 gets out of here. And I'm thinking, gee, I wrote a book. I do a vodka. I did this, boo, 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 boo. you know, and I'm saying, I don't want it really. I said to my wife, I have anxiety. I almost don't want this to end for a while. I still have other things to do. Right. She said, you're terrible. And, but you know, well, one more th- question I do have for you is you made this statement. What if there wasn't a box? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about yes. that? Yes. So there's that, that, the idea of, and you hear it, you know, in corporate speak a lot, you know, around boardroom tables, uh, brainstorming sessions, let's, let's all just think outside the box. That presumes that there are preset boundaries in which to think. And if we look across history, if we look at the beautiful statue, the David, or the Sistine Chapel, or if you think about uh, Galileo or Darwin, or you think about the supercomputer, or even the light bulb, or fast forward into uh, our uh, our century of, uh, of Singularity University and Peter Diamantis and SpaceX. Uh, and Elon Musk and um, electric cars. These are people, if you look across generations, the things that give us the amazing life that we have right now, these were people who presumed there were no limitations um, around which or just beyond which we ought to be thinking. They, They presumed there were no limitations and they thought that big. And as a result, we have all of these amazing gifts and that level of imagination is possible for each and every one of us if we give ourselves permission to go there. 
to suspend whatever perceived boxes there might be, because if we can imagine it, if we can, I mean, going all the way back into, uh, into, into scripture, you know, if you can imagine it, imaging it, it can become real. One thing uh, from I've learned by knowing Walt is his communication skills are amazing and he gets through. He sent uh, in one of his communications to me, not just to me, but I did pick it up, the words of Woodrow Wilson. You are not here merely to make a living. You are here in order to enable the world to live more amply, with greater vision, with a finer spirit of hope and achievement. You are here to enrich the world, and you and you impoverish yourself if you forget the errand. And well, that is your message with people, and it resonates so well. And that's what you do so well: is you create people to start thinking in greater uh, in, in in a greater breath and uh i want to thank you for that um you've given me a, a lot over the last year or so to read and to uh to think about and um so i'm going to encourage uh people and walt i'm going to put uh the contact information in our show notes on the podcast so Beautiful. people can go and get your material, sign up. I really encourage the listener to go to Walt's website, sign up um, for the inspiration guide to uh, a guide to inspired life and other material that Walt has. Walt, you did a great job. Is there anything you would like to add that we didn't cover today? Yeah, I, I thank you. So we tell ourselves stories, Tom. And your listeners may say, yeah, 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 that sounds good. We tell ourselves stories, and the, the, the most pernicious story is that we've got time. That we've got time to create the new business or time to uh, create the not next product or program or time to write the book. And if this last year has shown us anything, it's how fragile it all is, how quickly it all can change, how quickly it all can um, pass away. And so if anything in our conversation together today has resonated for you, take a step in that direction. Don't wait. The time is now. Your time is now. And Walt, people that would like to contact you, what would be the best method for them to contact you? So you can put my uh, emails in your show notes. Uh, so Walt at summit-success.com is a great place. Wash Walt at summit-success.com. Walt, always a pleasure. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to share with us some of these wonderful ideas and thoughts. And I uh, hope the audience will consider putting something into play and taking some action. As Robert Ringer would say, you can plan all day long, but it ain't going to get you anywhere. You got to put in some action, right? Amen. Yeah. What a, what a gift and what a privilege to be with you and with your audience. Thank you so, so much for that. You're welcome. And hello, hello to Ann. And uh, thank you so much, Walt.
You're welcome. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.